Welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast with Sam and Russell and we're going into the penultimate weekend of the championship and it is hotting up. On track, yes. Yes. Temperature wise, no. no very much so. Be a cool weekend this weekend kind of but yeah, we're getting to the final uh, rounds now of the championship. Uh said in the intro there, it's, it's unlikely to be one this weekend, but I think we may see one or two fall out of the championship race for good. It's getting exciting though, isn't it? It is. Turk's going to run away with it. Apparently. As we said earlier in the year. Always proven wrong, one way or another. Yeah, uh, as we go into this weekend, uh, we believe there are four drivers realistically in with a shout of the title, still. Um, some people may argue six, but mathematically there are still 11, believe it or not. Yep. Uh, and I, I certainly think that will be... Uh, dwindling by the time we finish this weekend and head off to Brands. Absolutely. Which are the four uh, drivers? So obviously we've got Ash Sutton leading the championship um, from Dan Kamish. Um, Turkington had a really poor weekend last time out, didn't he? With yep. two two non-scores. Uh, he's down in third. And then Ingram is about 29 points off of Sutton. But he is still realistically just about in it, I think. Yeah, because he is a, a, a win and a bad weekend, which for those drivers heading yeah. away. So we're counting out realistically Butcher and Oliphant in fifth and sixth. I think Butcher's just had too many non-scoring races. Yeah, I think he's about 50 points off of Sutton, uh, 50 or 51, and Oliphant's a couple of points behind that. Yeah. And Oliphant, going into these final two weekends, will very be very much be used as Collins' backup. And Collins guard. You say that he's owed a pass. Don't forget he is owed a pass. But I think I don't think that will be coming this weekend. Um, I think if it really comes down to it, it will be next next time out at Brands well, if it comes to it. If it comes to it, he's not getting back past. No, is what no. is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and also, of course, it, he's not going to be able to win the championship whilst Collins still win the, the shout. So that's yeah. why we've decided to put him out of the picture. Um, Rory Butcher, of course, has already had only. It seems more than this. He's only had three retirements this season. It feels more, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, he had that spectacular retirement at Silverstone, didn't he? Yeah. Of um, which probably that was probably where it knocked his championship challenge as well. Um, I think if he'd have finished well in that race, then he'd have still been just about in it. It's the results between that though. I think you know, looking through it, because he's not in the top four, mm. his results are so consistently good this season. Yeah. That, I hadn't quite realised until looking at it in front of me now just how well he's done this season. Well, we all we all questioned at the start of the season how good this new full focus would be, and it it really came out of the blocks flying, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Um, and he built up a good amount of points at the start of the season, but it has slowly tailed, um, and the other drivers have been really consistent as well. What other point to make? Ash Sutton is yet to have a retirement this season. He is. Is it going to be this weekend? Because everyone else in the Titleship Challenge has had at least one. That includes Cambridge, that includes Mr. Consistent, Colin Turkerton. And Tom Ingram's actually had three retirements as well um, throughout the season. Yeah. He's done well to still be in the hunt. Some really strong weekends at uh, Thruxton and Silverstone 
kept it, keeping him in the chance. It, it seems as if Sutton doesn't have a sticky weekend, he just has sticky qualifying. And then one race, sticky yeah. one race, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, then fights so back. It, it doesn't come across one weekend, it comes across the season. And I don't know whether that is, is better or not, because sometimes it's really frustrating when we see him in qualifying and uh, not up there challenging in the top ten and floundering in the middle places where you're more likely to get caught up in something. Well, before we go into the weekend as a whole, and there's a fair bit of change for this weekend. Um, there is. So where should we start? Should we start with the changed qualifying first? Yes, yeah. Um, so qualifying this weekend is a special one. Indeed. This had already been arranged before the whole COVID pandemic yep. situation, so it was going to be the first race back of the new of the second half of the season. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they they're mixing things up, so we're having a longer single free practice session of fifty yeah. minutes. Yeah. And then the qualifying session will be uh, slightly shorter. 25 minutes whereas we'd normally expect half an hour but after that 25 minutes the top 10 drivers will then go into a shootout which is something that I don't think I've seen before in touring cars no I haven't seen it in the qualifying no, no. Um, so it'll be interesting to how drivers deal with it mm-hmm. um, I don't believe they get like a new set of tyres like you would do in F1 when you get into the top 10 I don't believe they get a new set of tyres so it'll be interesting to see how they manage their tyres through the the first 25 minute qualifying session yep. to see whether they yep. maybe hold something back and risk maybe not even getting into the top 10 possibly so uh, once they're in the top 10 uh, and the new session starts all times are deleted so they can't fall back on what they yep. set in the previous session they've got to start again so you've got to go out and make a time otherwise you'll well, you don't have to, but you'll start 10th. Mm. You won't be able to rely on your previous times. No. And I think the format's excellent, and I think we're going to see one or two big-name drivers miss out on that top 10. Because we know how uh, close the field is at the best of times. Yeah, we get a couple of thousand separating first to fourth sometimes. I mean, so... Yeah, exactly. We could see a real big player miss out. And, and I think Snetterton is an interesting place to do it because of how long the lap is and how many places where you can make that just small mistake that will cost you a couple of tenths but that could cost you five or six positions come the end of the first 25-minute qualifying session. Agreed. I also say it's one of the tracks I think you can carry ballast on fairly. Yes. Not easily, that's the wrong word, but it's it's easier here to carry ballast on some other tracks. For example, yeah. Thruxton's a famously a horrendous place to try and yeah. carry ballast through. Um, so going into that top 10 shootout, it will be interesting to see whether all four title challengers, as we're calling them, will be in there. And whether they'll be fighting at the front. Whether, one won't be. Whether Ash has another one of his qualifying sessions where he just can't get the lap together will be interesting. And I think he'll understand how crucial this could be to either cementing his title challenge, certainly going into brands, or possibly it faltering. Well, early prediction, I think that one of the four won't be won't make the qualifying do you think drastically won't make it or just miss out in like 11th? I just miss out in 11th, 12th, yeah. right about that period there. Yeah, I mean, look, there's some very, very fast cars and very, very competitive drivers within the top 20. Yeah. Realistically yeah. speaking. Then you've got sort of the, with respect, the hard boys bringing up the rear um, and possibly Boutel as well. I mean, I think we, you know, otherwise you've got 15 really strong drivers. And by definition, five people have to miss out. Could Could we see a situation where. Oliphant and Neil 
don't go as quick as they possibly can to make sure that Turkington and Camish definitely get into that top 10. I'm not sure because I mean the only place they can really give a realistic toe is down the Bentley's right. Mm. But then isn't there a more logic that you want to get both of them in yes. so they can do it in the top 10 session to get yeah. Camish and Turkington to the front of the top 10 session? But I, I'm suggesting that if, if it looks as if Camish or Turkington are sort of like down there in ninth, tenth, and they possibly could get pu- pushed out by a late, really quick time. Will we see? I don't know a a coincidental red flag, shall we say, where drivers lose their time and make and just bump them up a position. Uh, I'm not sure because I think from from certainly dynamics point of view, they surely want Neil to be as close to Carriage as possible oh, to yeah. help him. We've yeah, seen yeah, yeah. we've seen all season that Neil. I mean, look at. It was hilarious. Took a croft last time. Neil was effectively no, nothing to see here. Sunday drive. Nobody's coming past. He was in reverse, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, no, nothing to see here. Just nice, casual Sunday drive through the countryside. Not too fast. Motorsport is dangerous. Please stay calm. <laughs> I mean, so there's an advantage of keeping the drivers as close to the title contenders as possible. I think that's where Tom Ingram and Sutton are going to really struggle coming into the end of the season. Not just here, but also Brands. We saw yeah. last year Neil and Turkington's. Skirmish, should we say, for one of a better term at Brands Hatch. We've seen, as I just mentioned there, Neil's rear guard action all year. Sutton won't be able to rely on Moffat, and no. Tom hasn't got anyone to rely on apart from... Apart from friends in the paddock, which friends he has a lot of. He does, he does. Ash does Ash, though. Yeah. So, it's difficult. Depends, depends which way Ash has been rubbing people. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but, I mean, in terms of the qualifying session, I think we will see a few casualties. Lord knows who... Um, but of course we're going to have two new drivers in mm, three three new drivers sorry in the uh, qualifying session yes we are uh, we'll get onto those now um, obviously PMR will be there again this weekend um, yep. Jack Constable missed out last time out at Croft it was um, reported after the race weekend that he was suffering from appendicitis suspected yeah yeah um, which is a real shame for him um, obviously feeling that unwell he couldn't take the risk with the current climate that we're in um, and stayed away from the track um, but we hope that he has a speedy recovery yep. uh, but taking that seat this weekend we have our second female driver we of do. the year in Jess Hawkins and this m- may be a name that some of you may know some of you might not know so I'll give you a little rundown on what she's done in her racing career um, she had also been seen on PMR's social media testing the car earlier this season so I don't think it's too much of a surprise to see oh, her get a drive towards the end of the season um, in 2014 she debuted, debuted in Formula Ford and had a round uh, in that at Silverstone and she impressed in that actually um, and from that she picked up a drive for 2015 uh, finished 23rd in the championship, however she only did 4 out of the 10 rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that she was driving with um, uh, drivers like Lando Norris, obviously in F1, Ricky Collard, the son of Rob Collard, Jack Butel, who is now in the British Touring Cars, and Ollie Pidgeley, who we've seen in the Touring Cars before. Um, at the end of 2015 she did a round in the F2000, uh, that was out in Bahrain. 2016, she moved into the Volkswagen Cup with Team Hard. Then in 2017, probably her her most successful season in racing, she went into the Mini Challenge, into the Pro Class, finished second in her class with Accelerate Motorsport, uh, taking five class wins along the way. Uh, 2018, she went back to the VW Cup, 
Um, but she was also, more importantly, a stunt driver that year for Fast and Furious Live, which, which is an impressive gig if you mm. can get it. Uh, and then last year, 2019, she was in the W series, obviously the specifically women's only single seater series um, that was won by Jamie Chadwick. She finished 12th overall. She was one of the five Brits in there and scored points twice. So she's certainly not new to car racing uh, um, and racing at all, really. Um, and to have been in and around motorsport for the last six, seven-ish years uh, will put her in good standing, I think. Absolutely. Uh, she's not the only one on the grid. and Actually, there's four. I forgot there's four. But certainly Paul Rivette starts this weekend as well, having yes. not started last time out. But we yep. did cover him uh, in the previous points to who he was. So I'm going to move on to... Um, Team Hards, latest on the merry-go-rounds. Um, <laughs> when the music stops, it's your turn to drive. Uh, Glyn Giddy is replacing Tom Onslow Cole, who is replacing... Uh, Brown. Brown, who, who replacing, replaced Bushel. Uh, no, Fuller, who Fuller, replaced yeah, yeah, Bushel. Sorry. So, so, this is... The, yep, uh, that's how far down the list. But uh, Glyn Giddy, then, uh, mainly made his name in uh, British GT 2010. He was second uh, in a Porsche GT R in his uh, class. 2011 saw him take the win uh, with a split year with a Ferrari F430 before crossing to a Ferrari 458 Italia. Then it all went downhill. 26th, 27th, non-contested uh, and 13th in a McLaren and then Bentley Continental. 2012 he had a uh, very brief guest driving appearance in the Porsche Carrera Cup uh, where he finished 22nd at Monaco. Moving on to the touring cars, he has been in the touring cars previously before. You may not remember him because he wasn't particularly spectacular. Uh, raced in the Toyota Vences for the United Autosports team. That was the blue and gold, uh, blue and orange Oakley Tom yeah. Holland era, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, finished 22nd, scoring 15 points. Uh, managed to get a highest result of thir- uh, 12. Sorry. Uh, he also then appeared briefly in 2018, contesting Rockingham and Sil- uh, Rockingham and Knockhill, sorry, for uh, or AMD Auto Aid RCIB with yeah. MG6 GT. Uh, took one point with a 15th at Knockhill. This year, he has been on the race circuit uh, in the partial GT Cup Championship, where he has raced a couple of rounds in a Lamborghini Huracan, uh, where he has not done particularly well and not scored any points so far. He returns to hard. What can we really expect from him this weekend? Well, he's going to be in a Volkswagen, so not that much. I think the Volkswagen, it, it likes the circuit a little more because uh, it can stretch its legs. It will struggle in that middle sector with the twisty infield, but I think once it gets out onto the back of the circuit, it will be able to stretch its legs. Um, and I think it is just a case of a bit of a learning experience for him. It could be a struggle. Yeah, part potentially to be um, as every hard driver will be at the moment auditioning for next year's Cooper Cup place. Hard yeah. have uh, mentioned on their social medias that they've not got the driver lineup finalised for next year so the seats are up for grabs So, I mean even if they do have it finalised for next year it may not actually be finalised. Well that is true as well. Looking at how this season is going and uh, it'll be whether it'll be whether people can get the budgets together um, more than anything probably. Absolutely. There is also another debutante this weekend. Ethan Hamilton uh, comes to the series. Again. Again. <laughs> He's uh, guest drove a team hard in the past, I believe, hasn't yeah. he? 
Uh, he replaces Bobby Thompson, who is too unwell to drive. He's been ruled out by the medical team on the grounds of concussion. Unsurprising, really. Unsurprising, Considering yeah. how big that accident was at Croft. Um, credit, Shame. Credit to the team, though, to mm. manage to get that car back together as well. But for the Jack Sears trophy, that's a huge blow for it him. a big blow um, for him. was leading the trophy. Um, obviously, this is a good weekend now for the likes of Michael Kreese to try and close that gap to him. Uh, but talking of Ethan Hamilton then, he started off in 2016 in the Junior Saloon Car Championship where he came 6th, taking 4 podiums in a Citroen Saxo. 2017 he raced the Renault Clio Juniors where he came 2nd, winning a race and taking a further 5 podiums. That was out of 8 races, so not bad. 2017 the Junior Saloon Car Championship uh, was contested as well where he came 2nd, 4 wins, 16 podiums in a Citroen Saxo. 2018, that's when we saw him come into the touring cars. 38th, uh, race, six races, no uh, points scored there, unfortunately. God, I forgot how many drivers we had that, that oh, year. Oh, it was crazy. It was mental, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and he was in, obviously, the Volkswagen CC. Yeah. Was he before or after Pidgey? I can't remember. If it was I think they might have been at about the same time, because I, I think remember. they did a dr- double driver change that season at one I, of the I events. Know, I know Pidgey stuck in the gravel in front of us. At, um, yeah, Silverstone, yeah. Uh, 2018, he also drove the Militech Sport Volkswagen Racing Cup, coming 18th, uh, one podium in 11 races. Uh, 2019, we saw him return to the Renault Clio Cup, where he came 6th, winning a race and taking three podiums. Yeah, I remember that season, he was much more competitive. Mm. It seemed like he'd, he'd matured into the racing at that point. So far this year, he's been in the uh, Quaffy Mini Challenge, where he's currently 21st, nine races, no podiums, no wins. And also in the Mini Challenge UK official E-Series, which is oh, exciting enough. Nice. 23rd, 21 races, no wins, no podiums. So, Yeah, but part of the reason that he is coming in this weekend is because he actually wrote off his Mini at Silverstone earlier this season um, and wouldn't have had a car to race this weekend. Um, and it's just fairly coincidental that he is also uh, sponsored by GKR Scaffolding, the same as Bobby Thompson. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the link has come. And Bobby's gone. I've got this driver that I sponsor, um, and he can have my seat this weekend. Yeah, you know, he is a driver that's available. Um, yeah. It's a driver that knows the sport, albeit he's not been particularly successful. But he's raced in the sports. So he's not got to worry about bedding in two brand new drivers who always got Rivette this weekend to bed in but also we've now got two Clio racers to bed in so there's a chance they'll hopefully get on with each other so it, it, it makes a lot of sense to yes. have, have him here this weekend yeah it does I think that covers all the changes for the weekend to be looking out for yeah as far as I know so should we as go into some actual predictions then let's start with the top four oh. Ash Sutton how do you expect him to go this weekend it's it's a very much black or white weekend for him this weekend. Um, Obviously, that, he had the massive incident here last year with Jason Plato. <laughs> How many times is that going to get mentioned? Hopefully, many as we'll get to. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he'll be in a much better position than he was last last year. Um, well, there's no Jason. <laughs> well, no Jason and no Subaru. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Moffat does because he. This is the first round last season that he had information from the car. From I was just about to say actually, we were quite impressed with last year, weren't we? He went quite well. I believe it was after the Snetterton round that Sutton actually tested the Infinity at Snetterton. Yep, he certainly did test it at Snetterton last year. And also, so I, I think maybe that gives him a little edge on what to expect from the car. Obviously, he's gone into rounds this season not knowing 
what fully to expect from the car because he'd only had that one test. So thinking about it logically, he could do really well this weekend, knowing how that car feels around this circuit. And I say last year we were impressed by how well Moffat had done yes. this day weekend in the car. Yeah. And that's where the sort of potential really showed through in the car. So yeah, I think the machinery is right. It's a question of is Sutton's head going to be right? Because we've had back-to-back weekends with Silverstone and Croft where he has compromised. I mean, he could be he could have won this championship now. You look oh, at it realistically. He could have been well out in front if he'd he'd have taken his chances when they came yeah you look at it realistically Turkton won uh, race 2 at Silverstone because Ash had his uh, puncture yep with but caused by a lock up yeah his, his and Ingram had the puncture as well which yeah 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 yeah. but I'm saying that's how he inherited that win <laughs> yes and at Croft you've got obviously Turkton retiring race 2 and then you get silly with Jake Hill yeah another puncher so those two are completely avoidable mm-hmm. problems he could have been 50 points ahead yep which would probably be enough. Yeah. <laughs> this late in the season, that would probably be enough. Yeah, he 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 will be kicking himself, and that can go one or two ways. He'll either be dwelling on it, or it will give him the absolute motivation to go right. I need to knuckle down and actually finish ahead of all my championship rivals yeah. in nearly every race this weekend to make sure I'm in the best position possible going into Brands. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Dan Camish then, last year, uh, he did fairly well here last year under the radar. Um, he yeah. took a se- second, a second and a 15th. Obviously, didn't quite things go his way in the grid reversal. No, I, I believe he had contact in the grid reversal yeah, last, he did last year. Um, so, he will certainly be looking to capitalise. I think Neil is going to be very important for his progress this weekend. Yeah. And if he can be racing in and within... Matt Neal's area then he can push to the front of that group um, and I think for him it's about maintaining maintaining the gap to Sutton at the very least yeah he, he can't afford to have the slow st- in the end Croft went well for him but he yeah. can't afford to have the slow start he did at Croft here I don't think because no, not I think Stans is going to be even harder to make places up than Croft was yeah. um, particularly once you get into the second half of the circuit uh, Colin Turkington then did fairly well here last year himself, uh, as did teammate Ash, uh, Andy Jordan. So we know the car will work here. Colin had a fourth, a first, and a ninth. Jordan had a fifth, a third, and a fifth. So it's a track that should uh, should suit the BMW. Yeah, I mean it is a fairly power-based track because we've got those two great big straights either side of the circuit, um, yeah. and it's a nice quick outfield section around the back as well. Um, Turkington again will be looking to be consistent this weekend I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't finish atop the podium um, but I think he will finish each race probably in the top 8 yeah I think that's what he's got to aim for after the problems at Croft last yeah. night is to bring the car home again can't afford to qualify too far back because if no. you get caught up in problems here you can lose so much time which is what you found out in race 3 at Croft and finally, Tom Ingram, who I remember a couple of years ago produced one of the greatest races of all time, back of the grid in the wet to come. I think Fantastic. it was third in the end. I don't think he did win the race, but I mean, it was a ridiculous comeback. He loves it here, Tom. He does, um, and he went very well here last season in a car he was still learning at the time. A first? A 20, a I was going to say, he was on pole, mm-hmm. and then won outright. A 23rd due to contact, and then an eighth from effectively the back of the grid. So. Yeah. Uh, they did finish seventh, but was penalised for passing uh, Ollie Jackson under yellow flags. Just mm. for fun. Yeah. Um, so 
this could be Tom's weekend. Yeah. This could be Tom's weekend to make up that points difference. And dare I say it, there could be five points separating the four of them going into Brands. I mean, the problem is that when you look at Brands, they all did fairly well there last year. I know, and that's what's going to make it brilliant. Exactly. So, <laughs> I'm with you. They need to really make this weekend count. I think all four of them will be, yeah, within uh, between five or ten points of each other. I think realistically, if Camish or Turkton want to, w- uh, sorry, Camish or Ingram want to win the championship, they need to be leading at the end of this weekend. Okay. Because I think that Sutton will be very strong at Brands Hatch. That yeah. car will be very, very strong at Brands Hatch. But we know how strong the um, Honda is if it rains at Brands. You say that, but it was a bit damp at the start of the season at Brands this year, and, and both Ingram and Camish had fairly big problems at Brands. It was no, wasn't it? It was cold, boiling hot. No, it was boiling hot. They you're overheated. Right. Yeah, yeah, you are right. Well, they are. They overheated then. So, so exactly. I, I think if we're going into a wet slash damp weekend at Brands, which it could quite easily be by November, um, then I think Camish could be well in the fight, and I don't think he needs to be leading going into the final round. I think he does from a mentality point of view. Possibly. Because is he going to then be confident to push the Honda at Brands Hatch? Yes, he will, because the circuit is completely different being the Indy rather than the GP. Already having had hot brakes once this year. Yeah, you don't brake much at the Indy. <laughs> It'll be on your mind, though, won't it, if your brakes oh, start yeah, overheating, yeah, yeah. that it, it's happening again, it's yeah, Brands definitely. Hatch, it's happening again, I'm having to push. Mm. So, I don't know, I just think that it depends how big the gap is as well. Uh, yeah. This this weekend is a great chance for somebody to really grab the initiative in this this title race, and I think we could see the four become two realistically. Yeah. I still think it will be all four. Shall we get into some actual predictions for pole and race winners? Yeah, we can then talk about the best of the rest. So. Yeah. Okay, pole position for me then is going to be Jake Hill. F- fully expecting to get into the top 10. Yeah. Uh, last year, we had Sam Tordoff put the car fairly uh, fast through qualifying. Obviously, Jake Hill is driving what is Tordoff's old car effectively this year. Yeah. Um, so I don't see any reason why we draw Hill out. Hill will have no weight on board when it comes to the top 10 shootout, of course, which could make that just that extra bit of difference. Yes, certainly could. So, yeah, Jake Hill for me. Um, for me, I'm... <laughs> very much going off of last year's results I think Ingram will stick it on pole he knows he almost has nothing to lose being nearly 30 points back Mm -hmm. and he's just got to drive his own his own races this weekend especially um, to pull himself back into it next weekend maybe or Brands weekend maybe a different matter Let's hope he stays off the curbs for his wishbone's sake then. He's <laughs> going to need to get to pole position. Yeah. Uh, race one winner, you're going to go for? I'm going to go for Ingram. I think he'll lead from the front. Um, it's it's supposed to be dry. Um, and I think he shouldn't have any trouble once once out front. He's shown already this year. Once he gets out front, it's very difficult to get past. So yeah. I agree with you on that point. And he goes off quick in races. We saw that yeah. at Croft. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going for Josh Cook in race one. Yeah. A man reborn at the moment, finding some form. I expect that car to be strong here. Cook, again, will have minimal weight on board. Um, I just think he will be up the top end of the qualifying pack. He never strings a whole season together, does he? No, no, he doesn't. He's got a strong half to a season. Yeah, he seems to be getting that, stronger in the second half. He's in that little patch at the moment, and I think 
first race, and then he'll slide into obscurity as the weekend goes on. Yeah. Race number two. Uh, race number two, I'm going to go for Kamish. Um, I think he'll be... You could think he's going to get past Ingram off pole, because that's been a problem all year, hasn't it? I know it's been a problem all year, um, but yeah, I just have this feeling that he, he's going to... He's got to do it once, right? Yeah. He's going to have a good weekend this weekend. Um and again, what I said for Colin earlier, I think he needs to be finishing all three races in the top eight. I do wonder with with Camish, and I've said it in regards to the breaks, so there is a small, even if it's at the back of the mind, mental block of trying to beat Tom off the line because he knows how good Ingram is in the race, mm. which might be contributing slightly, not fully, I'm not saying it's the only reason, but fully perhaps to those stars because Ingram has had him on every single start they've been alongside each other. Snetterton's also going to be a diff- difficult one because that straight is slightly uphill. Yeah. So you're going to have to hold it on the brake when you then drop the clutch. We'll see some of the stall. Possibly. Perhaps from the new boys yeah. or girls. We'll see. It's a difficult one to come into. Now, I'm going for Colin Turkington for race two. Um, that's, that's in real hope that he isn't going to win, is it? <laughs> no, I, I think that the where's the BMW going to be strongest? I think it's going to be race two. By the time it's got itself set up, chance to warm up, chance to be near the front of the pack. Yep. I don't think he's going to be qualifying... I think he'll be in the top 10, but I don't think he's going to be in the best end of the top 10. I think he's going to be looking at 6th or 7th. Good race one, stay off, stay out of trouble, maybe make your way up to 4th or something, as Colin often has done, and then use race 2 as a springboard. A little, little bit of weight off. Yeah, use race 2 as a springboard to then get past Tom and uh, Kamish if they're ahead of him, or whoever's ahead of him. So yeah, close okay. to uh, You've gone 4? Well, yeah. Kamish will discuss that, of course. Kamish, yeah. yeah. Uh, race 3, I'm going to go for, this is perhaps a heart over the head, I have to say. <laughs> Matt Neal goes well here. Yeah. Matt Neal's due a win. Matt Neal does go well here. And he's um, due a win. Yeah, he was... Well, he wasn't robbed of one last time out, was he? Yeah. <laughs> he robbed himself of a win last I time out. Did, yeah, I don't think he robbed himself. He knew that that was the only place he was going to get a pass done. Yeah, yeah. You've got to give it a go. Yeah. You wouldn't be a race if you didn't give it a go. Um. So, yeah, I can, I can quite understand that. However, my caveat for that is he's going to be needed for Camish. I would expect Kamish to be too far behind him on the reverse grid. Okay. And there, what does Neil do then? Back everybody up, or, or why not back everybody up from the front? The widest Honda. Yeah, but if Neil gets like a balled out on third or second on the po- on the reverse grid, why mm. not go straight to lead him back up like a safety car from exactly. there? Exactly. So yeah, yeah, but drag, I drag Kamish through the field. I, he knows how to play the team game, and think, he has already been playing it for the last two or three rounds. I agree, but I don't think he would be able to back up the field enough to get carriage all the way back from, say, ninth or 10th to 1st over a course of a race. I don't think he'd be able to. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. But maybe that near. Or Kamish could get in an instant. He could, quite easily. So, you know, and Matt, if, if Kamish isn't going to get through, all bets are off for Matt. He's his own yeah, man. Yeah, true. So... And even if he is on for Cabbage, he's all bets are off about him. He's his own man. He's potentially his last season. So, uh, My race three, I'm going to go for Butcher. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a solid weekend at Croft. Nothing spectacular. Um, we're still uh, figuring out where the car was after that big shunt at Silverstone. Um, but I think it, it was shown last season that Ollie Jackson had a good run in that focus. And I think... Butcher can replicate that and come through and take a race three victory. Okay. Even if he's not on reverse grid pole. Okay. Okay. Moving on to our bingo. Uh, I'm going to go for the old faithful. I miss the days where they had cornfields. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that as because well. That would be a fantastic. He's just a passenger as he goes through the cornfield. <laughs> Remember that year where everyone went off at turn yeah, one. Tom Chilton was in the cornfield in his <laughs> Vauxhall. 
Oh, what the, what? 2006, I think it that was. It was scattered with yeah. cars, wasn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. The farmer was furious. I imagine. Well, he did get some uh, born harvested for free. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just a passenger. He's going to come up again. Why not? Um, I think someone will outbreak themselves into turn two, which is Montreal, which is a hairpin. Uh, it's a classic overtaking place now um, at Snetterton. And there are, f- there are a fair few lines through there, whether you go in wide uh, and cut back on people or whether you outbreak people late on the brakes down the inside. So, yeah, I think at least one person will, uh, will go deep into there. Fair enough. My second prediction is if there's two people side by side going underneath the Bentley Bridge, we'll get, remember Plato and Sutton here last year? They didn't quite make it work, and Butcher, of course, profited. So, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, that was uh, an interesting incident last season, wasn't it? Sutton caused it for me. Yeah. We, we saw it coming because we were down there, weren't we? Uh, as Plato said, what, what are you doing trying to go around the outside? Yeah. I, I don't think Jason did anything wrong. No. But, there we go. Uh, Mine also involves the Bentley Strait. Um, I think there'll be plenty of slipstreaming uh, down into Nelson and Brundle, or DSs as classic people know it. Um, I still don't agree with some of the name changes for that circuit, but that's for another another day. I think you don't like Martin Brundle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think there'll be plenty of slipstreaming that will be mentioned down the Bentley Strait. But it's an odd pair, because I assume Nelson is after Nelson PK. Yes. It's an odd put to put yeah, him and Martin Brundle together, isn't it? I know. It's like <laughs> I'm not sure whether they were all uh, Mr. Palmer's choices or oh, whether it had gone through a committee. Yeah, I don't know. Because that's like having, I don't know, Senna and, uh, I don't know, Grosjean together, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, my final one is, um, wow, side-by-side action through the bomb hole. <laughs> we're very much concentrating on one piece of the track here aren't we <laughs> that's where it all happens I, yeah, like, it I like the new setup at the, because it was quite dull before yeah. until you got to that part of the track oh it's great for viewing as well oh yeah yeah absolutely the new new section but they've done a lot of work there but the best part of the track is still the back end of the circuit maybe it's from an emotional point of view I remember playing to Neil going side by side through the bomb hole mm. In the integral yeah, exactly. on the grass. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember then near the Plato having a similar one, Plato in the MG, near in the white Honda, yep. barging each other out of the way. I mean, yeah. That <laughs> part of the circuit brings action. Yeah, and and that's where my final one is. Um something about you can't go side by side through the S's. Um, as we saw last year with Plato and Sutton. Someone's gonna come a cropper. Yeah, I completely agree. In terms of the rest of the field, then, because we've, we've spoken about the title sort of uh, campaigners, who do you expect to have a, a semi-decent weekend away from this action? Um, for example, the Accelerate Boys. How do you expect them to go here? Smiley did well here last year. He did. Um, he, he made good progress through the field in that Honda. Took a third. And I think I st- I still don't see him being as quick as Proctor. I think Proctor has got the real upper hand coming into the last stage of the season on him um, in that car this year. I agree. And I think Proctor will be will be overjoyed if he gets into the top ten shootout. Because mm-hmm. um, I think only one of those two will make it if either it will be Proctor. One of the driver I think to raise uh, or keep your eyes on this weekend is uh, Ollie Jackson. Yes. Did well here last year with an April 4th and a 7th. It was sort of mm. his turning point of the season last year. It certainly was. Um, I expect him to go fairly well in the car this weekend. So do I. Um, it's a car he knows and understands now. It's a car that he showed pace in earlier in the season. And as you say, 
he did well here last season, then I think he could only improve on that, really. Um, I don't particularly feel Oliphant or Chilton will be having strong weekends. They're two drives I'm going to highlight. Last year, Chilton had a, a retirement, a 17th and a 12th. Mm. Oliphant had a 16th and 11th and a retirement. I'm not sure this is a track that suits their driving style particularly. Um, I will, of course, give Oliphant the credit that he was still getting to grips with the car a bit, but I don't know. Chilton's been not really got going at all this year. It's been the odd flash, but not got going, and I just don't see him getting going here either. Uh, one one driver who I think unfortunately will struggle again this weekend, and he struggled here last year, was Morgan. Yes. Um, it, it's there are too many extremes at this track that I don't think suit the Mercedes and I think he could really struggle again um, I doubt he'll get into the top 10 um, and I'll be very surprised if he scores decent points well, that pretty much draws the uh, Saturn preview to a close it's one of the hardest tracks to predict on I think because there's always the odd results here isn't there so yeah there are so many different aspects to this circuit obviously being the the longest on the calendar um it's a shame again that we haven't got fans because i think it is an excellent track for viewing agreed um and palmer has done very well and also it's it's our local track um and it's it's one that we go to nearly every season uh so it will be a shame not to be there um but it should make for excellent viewing on sunday We'll keep you up to date with a qualifying report from Saturday on our website. Yep. And that will also be going up on our Facebook page. You can go there and like it and comment on all your thoughts and feelings over the weekend. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy the racing. And of course, we'll be back for a review podcast on Monday night. Enjoy the weekend. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 